Thank you for taking time to listen to this week's message from First Orlando. You can find even more content, including video archives of this and other past messages at firstorlando.com. And if you're in the Orlando area, be sure to visit us sometime soon. Now, enjoy this podcast from First Orlando. The story of the manger. Christmas in itself is a gift. And the manger held the greatest gift that you and I have ever been given. Never, never will it compare to anything else. And what that story is about is found in the Bible. So what I want you to do, if you're online with us, we're so glad to have you. Welcome. Thank you for, uh, for streaming and for being a part. Thank you for watching TV 45. We're glad you're here to, uh, to enjoy this time. I want, if you've got a Bible, I just want you to hold it in your hand, okay? If it's on your phone or if it's on your iPad or, or whatever, your computer, just go to the app or go to the, to the Bible. And I want you to think about this. We have 66 books bound together by canon. Church historically said these are the books we call the Bible, and they're bound by subject. There's a single story told by every one of them. It's just one story. And the end product of this book is not a set of rules. It's not a code of ethics. It's not some principles, and it's not even a book. The end product of this book is Jesus Christ. This is his story. And this manger is a part of his story. So whether it's Old Testament, New Testament, it all wraps together. Leonard Sweet, one of my favorite writers and speakers, says all the Bible finds its organic center and unity in Jesus. For this reason, the biblical narrative has the beginning is the creation of the universe through Christ. The middle is the earthly life and ministry of Christ. And the end is the reconciliation of all things to Christ. And he says there is an overarching unity to both Testaments, and Christ is the unifying agent. In other words, our story of Christmas begins with Jesus, and it ends with Jesus. It's all about Jesus. And don't think for a moment that the beginning of our story is a manger in Bethlehem. Oh, no. No, no. Long before that. And the gospel writer that tells us the story. Now, four gospels. All of them talk about Jesus. They tell us the story of Jesus. But one of them, the Gospel of John, comes from a different place. It's the beloved disciple. He called himself the beloved disciple. He he was the one that Jesus, from the cross, looked at and said, "Uh, take care of my mom, basically, in those words. So he had the privilege of caring for the earthly mom of Jesus, Mary. And he did so in a place called Ephesus. He started a church there. It's called St. John's. Obviously named for the founder. I've stood on that spot. It's one of the most moving places I've ever been. It's right outside of Ephesus. 
And he spent his last years there. He spent a few years on an island called Patmos because the Romans said, quit preaching Jesus. And he said, I'm not. And they sent him to the island. And then he came back and he spent his last days. Now, here's what's amazing. He's Mary's caregiver. So why doesn't he tell the birth narrative? Why doesn't he tell the story of the night the shepherds came, the night the angels appeared? Well, he doesn't tell us any of that. No. He tells us something even bigger. It's kind of like when you're, when you're getting on an airplane and it's messy out there, it's rainy, it's kind of dreary, and you're like, man, it's going to be a really bad day to fly. And you get in that plane and, and it takes off, and then all of a sudden you climb through the clouds. Have you ever seen the other side of those clouds? You ever notice the beauty? It looks like you are literally flying and there's nothing but blue sky and the sun and cotton candy under you. So in other words, John wants to take us through the clouds. He wants to show us the sun when all you can see is the sun. Not the mist, not the rain, not the stuff. So he doesn't tell us everything Jesus did. If you want a gospel that narrates everything Jesus did, you're not going to find that gospel. Mark would get you close. But he does it so, so fast, he's, it's really the shortest gospel. But John wants you to know certain things. Even John said, if I were to tell you everything Jesus did, huh, you can't write them down because the volumes couldn't be contained in this world. So he picks and chooses for a reason. What is the reason the Gospel of John was written? So that you could believe, and I could believe in the Lord Jesus. This is exactly what he says, chapter 20, verse 31. But these are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing, you may have life in his name. So I'll tell you today, we start a series, Unwrapping. Christmas. And when you unwrap Christmas, you're going to find at the very center of it all, this Jesus, this Christ. And I want to say what John would say. I'll give you two reasons to believe in him, to put your faith, your trust in him. Two reasons. Number one is because he has been and always will be God. He has been and always will be God. Second reason, believe in the Lord Jesus because he's the creator of everything and he's what keeps everything together. And that's what John starts with in a part called the prologue. So now turn to the first chapter of the Gospel of John. You're going to find the first 18 verses may read a little different. And the reason is some believe that it was a hymn that he wrote. John may have intended this to be sung. Maybe they sang it at the church where John pastored. But because it, it has a meter, it has a little rhythm to it. It's got four stanzas. And every one of those stanzas reveal a part of who Jesus is. It just kind of gives us glimpses into him. Again, from that 30,000 foot view, it tells us a lot more about Jesus. I want to start with the first three verses. And today, I want you to know, Jesus is the Word. He is the Word. Keep that in mind. Go to the text. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. 
He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. Now may the Lord add his blessing to the reading of his words. I'm going to warn you. <laughs> this, is, this is, when I say complicated, I don't mean complicated in that, that we can't figure it out. I mean it's big. Okay? So get your mind ready. Get your brain ready. This thing is huge. This. And I'm not talking about fun stuff. It's fun spot. I'm talking about Jesus here, okay? Now watch this. Believe in the Lord Jesus because he was, he is, and he always will be God. In the beginning is the way he starts in verse 1. Does that sound like another place in the Bible? Yes, sounds like Genesis. It's supposed to. John wanted you to see from the very beginning. Just like God spoke, Jesus created everything, the worlds he created. In the beginning was the Word. You see, Christmas doesn't start at a manger. No. Our story doesn't start in Bethlehem. Our story starts before time. Our story starts long before man, long before Adam's. Not just Adam, but Adam's starts before anything. Christmas is just when God revealed Jesus. Okay, so he shows up. He's born as a, as a baby, wrapped in swaddling cloth. But that's not where he started. In the beginning was the Word. Now, there are two words in Greek, verbs for being, that John could have used. When he says in the beginning was the word, he could have used a word that means becoming or it became the word. It's not what he used. He used one that is used for something that has always existed. He basically said in the beginning, the word. It's always been here. He has always been. And I know if you ask the question, so, well, what, how, I don't understand how, where was Jesus before creation? In the beginning, he was. That's the only clue we have. Now, watch this. In the beginning, he was means time only exists in him. Apart from Jesus, no time. He's the one who created time. He's the one who made the sun literally mark our days and makes the earth go around and everything else. I mean, he's the one who defines time. I told you, it just blow your mind. Tozer, A.W. Tozer made this statement that helps. God dwells in eternity, but time dwells in God. He has already lived all our tomorrows as he has lived all our yesterdays. Now let me bring that down to your zip code. He already knows everything about your life because he's already been there. Your life is in him. That means every day, every moment you've ever been on this planet and even before, you were in him because all 
time is in him. He was in the beginning. That gives me hope. Some of you have been through a lot lately. We've all walked through seasons of difficulty, whether it was COVID or something else. But, but just know this, it didn't surprise him. It didn't surprise him. Does, do the variants surprise him? No. Now we got an Omicron. We're going to learn the Greek alphabet before it's all over. Right? We just, I love it. Delta, Omicron, Alpha, Beta. I don't know what, what's next. He knows it all. And your life is already, he's already been there. And he'll be there tomorrow. So you don't have to wonder, wonder, wonder what's going to happen. I don't know, but I know who already knows. Because in the beginning was the Word. So now, the Word. You know he's called Alpha and Omega in the Bible. Alpha means what? Beginning. Omega means the end. And there are a lot of people who say, oh, he was there at the beginning. and he was, He'll be there at the end. No. He was the beginning. And he is the end. And he's everything in between. Can we just say thank you, Jesus, for being that in our life? But John says he's the Word. Now, I want to, I want to show you something. The Word is capitalized in the ESV. It starts with a capital or uppercase W. How many of you are reading a version where word is either all uppercase or at least the first letter is capitalized? Raise your hand. Okay. Streaming, if you have it, put it in the chat. Let me, let me tell you something about that. That is for a reason. That word is the word logos. Real simple. Logos. L-O-G-O-S. Let me tell you what that was. The Greeks, I mean, all the way back, you got Socrates, Plato, Aristotle. Aristotle believed that Logos was referring to a divine principle that kept everything working. It's like the laws of the universe. I mean, it's like me. If I step off this platform, which way am I going, up or down? Yeah, I may go down and then up, and it depends on how bad that is. <laughs> but the truth of it is... The laws of this universe, somebody's fixed it all and watching it all, and there's a reason it works the way it works. The Greeks thought that was the divine principle, logos. Well, the Jews, they believed, yes, it is a divine principle that holds everything together, but they thought it was more of the spoken word. How did God create? Think about it. Go back to the beginning. And God said, let there be, what was the first thing he created? Fruitcake. Let there, no. Now that came from a whole nother place. We'll talk about that later. Let there be light. So God literally spoke everything into existence with just his word. I mean, you are a part of his word. He spoke you into existence. And so now we are sitting here reading this thing about Jesus, that the word was with God and the word was God. What does that mean? That means God and John shocked his world when he said this. God is at the same time the divine principle that holds it all together. And he is the spoken word that creates and keeps it together. 
That's who He is. That's who He is. A babe wrapped in swaddling cloth, yes, but a word from God and the one who holds it all together. Hebrews, the writer of Hebrews calls Jesus the final word. In other words, God has spoken through the prophets uh, long ago, many times, in many ways. God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son, whom he appointed to be the heir of all things, through whom also he created the world. He's the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint of his nature. And he upholds the universe by the word of his power. After making purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. You want to know what this season's about? Hebrews chapter 1 just said it. It is about Jesus who came and he took care of something and today is seated at the right hand of God. When I see a manger, I don't see a baby. Because I know today Jesus is not in the manger. Jesus is not a baby. He is at the right hand of the Father and he has made a way for me to be forgiven of sin and for me to spend eternity in heaven. In other words, he is the Logos. He's the spoken word and he's God's final word. So John says, believe in him and he's God. He was with God and he was God. He is God. Everything you want to know about God, you will find in him. Yes, he's different from God, but he's the same. Do you hear what I said? He's different, but he's the same. And you're like, well, that doesn't make any sense. It doesn't to me either. But I know there are divine mysteries that we'll never understand until the day we stand in heaven. And I'm okay walking by faith, not by sight. Lean not to your own understanding, but in all your ways. What? Acknowledge him. And he will what? Direct your path. What is amazing to me about this is that the one who was in the manger that night was the word. He was God and he was holding it all together. Right there. That's who he was and that's who he is. Now, there are a lot of people who believe, well, there's not a definite article and, uh, before uh, word and it, so it means maybe, or God, so it means maybe he was like God, but he wasn't God. Can I just save you? There are some movements and traditions that believe Jesus was not fully God, but he was a God. Can I just tell you something? The moment you declare he was not fully God is the moment you take glory from the Son and the only thing our Father will exalt and will absolutely proclaim is that His Son was and is fully God. I don't understand that. But I believe that Jesus was and is. He was essentially God. He's eternally God. He's equally God. Even John says in the first chapter, down in verse 18, no one's ever seen God. The only God... And I think he's referring to Jesus, who is at the Father's side, he has made him known. So he's just saying everything you want to know about God right there in Jesus. So why should you believe? Because he has been and always will be God. Number two, he created it all. He sustains it. 
Look at verse 3. Everything that was made was made by him. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. You know what that tells me? It all started with him, and everything was created for a reason. I'll tell you how Paul says it. This is in Colossians chapter 1, verse 15. He says, For by him all things were created in heaven, on earth, visible, invisible, whether thrones or dominions, rulers or... You mean he created demons? Yep. He didn't create them as demons, but they rebelled and became demons. Did he create Satan? Absolutely. Did he create hell? Absolutely. It's all a part of creation. He created everything. And then look what he says. All things were created through him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. I can't think of a better reason to put my faith and trust in Jesus than to know this. I was born for him. I was created for him. You were created for him. He formed you. He made you. And he created you for himself to honor and glorify him and to live for him. And yes, he created you through him. That's how you got here. And so I know there's a movement today that I want you to know about. It's called the Heartbeat Amendment. There's an opportunity for Florida to be able to amend our Constitution to protect every human with a heartbeat. In other words, you will be protected by the state if you have a heartbeat. That protects the unborn and it protects the old folks like me and, and some of us in this room. It's an incredible amendment and an attempt to try to define we believe life came from somewhere. Now, here's what we got to do. It, it takes 900,000 signatures to get on the ballot. Or we won't even have a chance to even vote on this. So today, if you want, if this is something you feel passionate about, you have in the back, in the lobby, you've got tables set up, you've got people there ready to help you, and you can sign this there, or you can go to the website, which is heartbeathero.org. And let me tell you why I'm doing this from the platform, why I'm saying anything about this. Because where there's a heartbeat, I know who made the heartbeat. I know the one who made the heartbeat. Because he made all things. Did you see sunrise this morning? It was unbelievable. Four of you were awake at sunrise. Thank you. I'm glad to know y'all were up early. Seriously, sunrise was incredible. I know who made it. I'm trying to take a picture. I hate to admit this, but I got my phone out, and I'm just like, I got to get a picture of that. It was an unbelievable sunrise, and I'm driving to church trying to take a picture. I did it because, God, you made it all. Look around you. He made the person next to you. Now, if they're messed up, it's not because he made them that way. You know, we, we get to do a few things on our own that aren't always good. But look at the trees around us. Look around everything he made. And you know what? He sustains it. And it was made for one reason. For him. Now, here's the, here's the statement that blows my mind. He finished all things before he began anything. He finished all things before he began all things. 
That's what this teaches. He began all things. You were a part of his idea and a part of his plan. Even before you were alive, he already had it all worked out. And it was done. So today, when I stand by this manger and look at this manger, it's as if I've come home. Because I know where I came from. I know the one that gave me life. And I know the reason he gave me life is so that I could honor him, that I could glorify him. And the manger just helps me focus. That's not his home, but that's where it started on this earth. So today, why couldn't we just proclaim? He has no rival. Can I just ask you, have you ever put your faith in Jesus? Have you ever believed he was God, is God, and always will be God? Have you ever believed he's the one that created you and he created you for him? The only thing that messed that up was sin came into this world and separated you. But guess what he did? He said, I'll take care of that. And he did one day on a cross. And he suffered and died so that you and I could be what we were created to be. And if you've never put your faith in him, we want to help you do that. We have people here that love to have that conversation with you and visit. They're at Welcome Centers A and B. You can stop by. There are folks there. You can text us. Text the word CONNECT to 40777. And I just know that it'll be the greatest day of your life when you say, okay, you know what? I believe. And maybe one day in heaven we'll get to walk up to old St. John and say, John, I love those words you wrote. And because of those words, I believed. Because that's all John wanted. Can I just tell you that when I think about who he is, and the fact, as Paul said in Philippians 2, he poured himself out. He emptied himself out in the form of a servant. And he walked among us. And he became obedient even to death on a cross. God, the creator of everything. The sustainer of it all became obedient even unto death. And then it says, therefore, God has highly exalted him. And he's giving him a name above every name. That at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow. Those above the earth those on earth and those under the earth. Yes, every demon, every devil, every evil thing will bow. And they will confess Jesus Christ is Lord. To the glory of God the Father. Let's just tell him, thank you, Jesus. We're so glad you were here. Hope you have a great Christmas season next week. He is the light of the world. God bless you. Have a great day. Thanks again for listening to the First Orlando podcast. For more information like our service times, location, and other contact information, be sure to visit us online at firstorlando.com. Have a great week.